Well, it's good to be here. And this is different. I learned, I learned that I should sit like this, tilted towards my wife, because it indicates that I like her. So, husbands, when you sit like this, and you say, no, 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 she's fine. <laughs> Not good communication with your body language, but when you sit like this, you open yourself up to her. Come on, somebody in here is a psychologist. Tell me I'm doing right. It's Rachel. And so you open yourself up to her, and then you, we're not talking about marriage yet, though. We're talking about being single. Right. We're talking yeah. about being single. Yep. But we thought it would be a good idea for you to hear how we met. Uh, but first of all, uh, the sermon series this month is called Unhacked. And the reason we named it Unhacked is because everybody is looking for a life hack. Everybody's looking for a life hack, some shortcut, some easy way to make it happen. And I, what I want, I'm going to disappoint you this morning. There are no shortcuts to relationships. I don't care what they are. So this sermon series is unhacked. There are no hacks for your relationship. Relationships are hard work. So even if you're, if you're single this morning, relationships are hard work. If you're married, relationships are hard work. If you're thinking about being single, relationships are hard work. And so um, we're not going to give you any tricks this month. We're going to give you godly principles right. on how to live a life that God calls you to live, uh, no matter what situation you're in. So we're excited about it. It's called Unhacked. And, uh, and I do, I do want to point out, we have a whole section of friends over here, so we're winning the cruise. <laughs> I know. I looked at Chris and I said, oh, it's a shame that we don't count because I think we've got like nine. So this is awesome. But we yeah. didn't know they were coming. I did. You Sorry. did. Forgot to tell you that. Next week's on communication. <laughs> but, um, but, so if you hear any heckling from that group, uh, ignore it. So I'm going to let Beth tell you how we met. You've, heard my, you've probably heard my version of it, which is yeah. probably not true. But, or at least um, not accurate. So. so why don't you go ahead and start us off. Tell, us, tell them how we met. Um, so we actually met, we were almost 19 and 21, I think. So we were 18 and 20 when we met. We met at the Bon Ton in Martinsburg. Um, I was working at the Clinique counter, which is cosmetics, and Chris was working in the receiving department. So I think I remember him starting about like October or something like that. And you remember when I started? I do, because I'm a numbers girl. That's what I do. I do. Here's what I remember. I remember, does, it, does anybody know anything about Clinique makeup? And you go into a store. Chris is an expert. Um, <laughs> she wore a white smock. It was awful. That's all I needed to know. It was awful. I don't remember the date. Yep. Just the white, white smock. smock. <laughs> um, so if anybody has one of those, let me know. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably get one of those for my birthday. You better but, keep um, talking. <laughs> anyhow, so we met at the Bonton, and um, I think we were even each dating different people or whatever. So about six months, we had met each other, and just being younger people or whatever, we just hung around each other. And in February, it was right before Valentine's Day, I had broken up with a guy I was dating, and I was just finished with all that relationship stuff. And so we happened to be working the same shift. We clocked in together, and I had told him, um, if you're looking for a spouse, stand by the clock-in section. They all come through It's there. the old-school water cooler, I guess. But um, 
So anyway, we're walking out. I mean, I could like still picture that this day. And we're walking out. And he said, well, we should go out. And I really was, at that point, I was just done with the dating thing or whatever. But I'm like, I don't think I really even answered him. But for the next two to three days. Which is worse than saying no. Well, because. Yeah. Every lady in the house, if you're single and a guy asks you out, yes or no, that's all it takes. It does, don't go. Yeah. Just yes or no. Just give him an answer so he can move on or at least tell him wait. So on Valentine's Day, we were both happened to be, I lived in Shepherdstown and he had some friends in Shepherdstown. And so um, I knew he was there and I think it finally hit me. You know, he's asked you out a lot. He's probably not going to ask anymore. So we just kind of hung out in the place where I knew he would be and we ran into each other. And so anyway, it just kind of kind of happened from them. I think we went on a date that next weekend. Um, and then we dated for about a year, got engaged, and then got married six months later. So we were 20 and 22. Yes, I'm the older one. So um, when we got married. I was, in, I was in Kenya this year, and I'm talking to one of the guys that works at the hotel we're staying at. He's asking me about my family. I'm asking about his. And he said his wife was older than him. I said, mine is too. And, and, I, and I, he said, well, how old is she? I said, you know, she's two years older than me. He said, you played your ball well. <laughs> he just shook his head like that. So um, you left out a little significant part. Of I that. left out actually a lot of significant parts. <laughs> yeah. So we're in Shepherdstown, and, um, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I'm, not in a good, I'm not hanging around good people at that time, blah, 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 blah. So what I find out is, is one of the guys in the apartment I was in said, hey, Beth is out in the parking lot. And I thought, that's my chance. So I run down there and I say, hey, what are you guys doing? And she said, oh, we were coming to look for some friends. Liar. <laughs> found out later that you come to look for me. I did. Yeah. And so uh, we hung out that night and then started dating and the rest is history. So we get to this place. Um, I had talked with Pastor Adam a little while ago. We, we've been married 23 years. Um, we've got three kids. Our oldest daughter has started her third year at WVU and is um, studying civil engineering, getting a civil engineering degree. Our, our middle child, Emma, is uh, in her first year at WVU. She's 18. Madeline will be 21 in February. Uh, Emma's 18. She, um, she's there. Uh, she wants to be a veterinarian. She wants to get a, a veterinarian degree or something to do with animals other than eat them. Um, and, then, uh, and then our son is 16. I don't know if he's in here. If you ride the go golf cart in, uh, you'll see the, the kid that looks like me but is taller. Uh, uh, that's Carter. And he's, uh, he's a sophomore in high school. So. so I've been part of this church a long time. We've been coming here 23 years. And, um, and you start to... What we started to realize is I wouldn't have done this at five years of marriage. I wouldn't have, we wouldn't have done a series like this on 10 years of marriage, maybe not even 15 years of marriage. But we felt like we had fought enough and uh, made up enough and, and raised our kids far enough along that, that maybe we could offer some help. But I wanted to make sure, you know, our church is predominantly sing, uh, married couples. But there is a, a decent number of people here who are not married. Can I hear from you? Amen. So there's a decent number of people here that are not married. I thought we would do an injustice only talking about things from a married perspective. We have three kids that are not currently married. 
Uh, although we realize that Madeline is my age when I got ma- Madeline is the age I was when I got married. And so I'm praying, dear God, if there's any, if you have any favor on me at all, yeah. just don't She's do almost that. a year older to think. I yeah. remember when she turned 20, we were like, you realize? Like, yeah. Crazy. So, um, so today we want to talk about being single. And, um, and I want you to know up front that single is not less than married, just numerically less. There's, God's calling on your life is not less because you're single. Amen? Even if you're in a culture uh, of people who are single, uh, it doesn't mean you're living less of a life because you find yourself single. And so we wanted to make sure that we understood there's a, there's a couple differences in being single. And, and you have to understand this when you look into scripture and see how Paul's talking and, and, and see when it references being single and his advice to singles. Um, there, there's two different ways you can be single. Let me back up. There's multiple ways you can be single. Two different categories that the Bible kind of spells out. One is like a circumstantial singleness. It's right, not, so, that, yes. not that you want to stay single. but Right, so circumstances like death of a spouse or maybe there's financial reasons. Maybe you haven't found the right person. Um, there could be medical reasons. So there's lots of different reasons you can be single. And it's not that it's any less than being married. It's just different. It's a different circumstance. And then there's, a, there's another, what, what the Bible spells out as like a special calling on your life to be single. And we believe that's rare. God did say at the beginning that it's not good for man to be alone. All the men said. And all the women agreed. Amen. But there are circumstances where God calls people to be single. I know, I know missionaries who have lived a single life in order to make it easier for them uh, to do missions work. I know people who God has a calling on their life that's unique to not get married. Now, I need to clarify something for you because of the culture we live in. I can't assume that everybody that walks in this building thinks the same way. And I, I need you to understand that when God talks about people living a single life, whether it's circumstantial or whether it's a calling of God in your life, that he's talking about living a celibate life. <laughs> you guys responded just like the first service. A couple of people went, mm. In our culture, single does not mean celibate. It does not mean that. And I know there's kids in the room, so it's PG. Single does not mean celibate in our culture. Single means I'm just not legally married to anybody. And what we do is in our culture, we operate the same as if we were married. All the benefits of being married without the commitment. Come on, somebody's going to have to help me out. It's getting lonely up here. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying there? When God talks about singleness, he talks about being celibate. Mm -hmm. He he talks about that that we would stay pure and that there's the confines of marriage is where we're allowed to express some things that we're only allowed to express in marriage. Amen? And our culture for years and years was based on that type of thing, and, and now it's not. That's just the reality of the world we live in. It's not. And so when we are referring to being single here, it's in the light of, of you living a celibate life until your circumstances change and, and you would get married. Or if God has called you to live a single life, it would also indicate that you are celibate. So let me say this, the latter, that calling of God in your life would be an extremely 
difficult situation that God would give you the grace to accomplish. Let's be honest. Circumstances for being single can change. Feeling like you're called to stay single the rest of your life is a grace that God gives you. And, and, and that is a, I believe that's a high calling and a difficulty and a difficult thing to do. And so, uh, so I look up to people who have that much discipline. I unfortunately did not. <laughs> What's Paul? I think we have a scripture. Paul writes to the Corinthians. Yeah. So first Corinthians seven verses eight and nine. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So it sounds like a negative verse, but it's not. Paul's a missionary, and it's easier for him to be a missionary and stay single than it would be to carry a family around everywhere he's going. If he's shipwrecked, it's easier to be shipwrecked single. Amen? If he's bit by a snake after he's shipwrecked, it's easier to be bit by a snake single. Amen? You don't have to worry about where everything's going after you die. The kids are going to fight over it. So what he says is, not to the unmarried or the widows, I say it's good for them to stay unmarried. So he's just saying, in my context, if you want to carry out a life that, that, that looks like mine, it's good for you to stay unmarried. But he's not being negative when he said, hey, if you can't do that, it's fine. So he's not saying... Being single and giving your life to God is better than being married. This is Paul saying, look, if you have a desire to live the life like I'm living and, and, and take the gospel like I'm taking, it will be beneficial for you not to get married. But there's nothing wrong with being married. Somebody say amen. amen. We want to clear that up. So when we talk the rest of today, we're talking about two different circumstances. There may be some of you in here that are single because you feel like that's what God's called you to be. That that's the path in life God puts you on. But there's some of you in here, for whatever circumstance, you find yourself single. Maybe you've just never been married. Maybe you've been married and your spouse has died. Maybe, maybe there's medical reasons or financial reasons. And so you find yourself single. So either way, we believe the principles that we're getting ready to lay out apply. And by the way, married people, lean in a little bit because I think they might apply to you as well. So don't check out today. So why don't you tell us? We'll just go ahead and give them all. We won't, we won't make any suspense. We'll just give them all three points right oh, now. Oh, all three points. Gotcha. So the three points that we've come up with um, to your single unhacked would be your community, your council, and then your calling. I think all three things we're going to talk about and how those are important um, to live a good Yeah, so we'll start with community. Yeah. So I think, I think you got some scripture there. I do. Proverbs thirteen twenty. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I think that one's my favorite. It's so straightforward. Proverbs 14.7, stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. Psalm 1, verse 1, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Proverbs twelve twenty six: The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Leads them astray. So, there's a couple of quotes that we like as well that we um, that that we talk about. I've heard of my whole life, and you, you have a favorite one, actually. Yeah, I was on. Um, there's some podcasts that I listened to. It was just talking about uh, it's leadership, actually. But um, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. 
And I like that because it's not necessarily the five people that you choose to be like. It's the people you're spending the time with. It's, it's, it's who you're around most of your day, most of your week. Some of you just went. Right, oh, calculate that a little oh, bit. that's not good. Uh, so, so you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And then another one we like is um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So this whole idea of community, we talked about this uh, a couple months ago, is the idea that God created us as humans to operate in community. Whether you're married or single, you are still designed to be in community. You're not designed, there's no lone wolves uh, in God's kingdom. There's nobody just operating outside of, the, of relationships totally. God intended you to be with other people. So it's important then who, who you're with. Amen? So scripture is clear that we choose the community that, that we around the most carefully. Amen? Amen. We choose who we're around with carefully because those people influence all that we do. The people we hang around with the most are influencing our decisions, our behavior. They're influencing our attitude towards certain things. They're influencing the way we think about things. And there's a, there's a couple studies that we that we found to talk about that. Yeah, so we found a 2013 study by Amy Morin. Um, and, and one of the things she said was, strong-willed friends can increase your self-control. So if there's an area that you struggle, then you need to find somebody that's disciplined in that area and hang out with them. Um, one of the things we thought was just financial. Uh, if, you've, if you're struggling with finances, find somebody who's been through like our Dave Ramsey financial peace class and has succeeded in that. Nice plug, right, guys? I love that. It's, it's just such good practical knowledge. And if you have somebody that's been through that or is going through that now and still stays by those principles, it is, um, it's just amazing the things that you can glean from them just by hanging out with them, finding out how they do their finances, the way they think of things, how they're purposeful. Um, the same thing with health, nutrition. If, you, something, if that's an area you struggle with, hang out with somebody that's very disciplined in that. And hopefully you can pick up on, on some of their habits. So yeah, that study talks about how the people we're around can either cause us to be more disciplined or less. So the inverse of hanging around disciplined people is true. Yeah. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's three o'clock in the morning. Your friends are going, dude, don't give up yet. There's still more time. You know, you're just partying like crazy. Then you wake up the next day late for work. Life's a wreck. And you go, I got great friends. probably fun the bible says here's the problem the bible says sin is fun Mm -hmm. you're like what church did i just walk into (laughs) the bible says sin is fun it's pleasurable for a season but the end is death so so whether you're single because of a circumstance or it's a or it's a calling of god in your life the people we surround ourselves with either cause us to be more or less disciplined it's a scientific fact they either encourage us to be more disciplined or they give us opportunities to be less. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, so obviously we're not single, but we have single kids. So we encourage them nonstop. Like, who are you hanging around with? Like, what is your peer group? Who have you surrounded yourself with? Because they have so much influence over your life. And so if you're single here and you're interested in, in finding a spouse, you should hang around people. Amen who can be disciplined and encourage you the right way to do that. And so uh, there's another thing we found out, and this is so important in today's world. 
So the second thing that we read was that too many social media connections can increase your stress level. Um, so the, uh, when it comes and make to you social, crazy. And make you crazy, right. Uh, the more of the merrier may not be the best approach. Um, they've linked, and I know a lot of people have heard this, they've, they've linked abundance of social media to increased anxiety about offending people even. So you've got to think so much. You're, you're, not only are you seeing everything that everyone else is doing so perfectly, you also have the anxiety and stress of making sure that whatever you post is perfect and that it's being, if, if it, I guess, speaks to your old college buddies and your boss and you want to be sure that you're not offending anybody. There's just so much anxiety and stress that comes with that social media aspect of community, which is not really a community, just to let you know. Yeah, so... So Beth and I, when we were single, there, there was no such thing as Facebook. And, and so that was, we, we grew up in an era where you didn't have to deal with that. A lot of people here uh, know what I'm talking about. But if, you're, if you are single today, I, I realize Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, it's going to be a part of your life. I understand that. I understand that. But what I want to caution everyone about is this, is that, it, that don't let it become your life. Amen? If we're checking the phone all the time, figuring out how many people like us or like what we've done, then, then we're, in, we're, we're headed down the wrong road. God's called us to be complete people in him mm-hmm. and, and not, not needy people needing all these people to agree with us all the time. Because if you're following God's will, people will not agree with you all the time. Right. People are watching online. So too many social media Connections can actually hurt, not help. Mm-hmm. So we need to be careful with that community as well and, and, and help to regulate that in our lives and know when it's becoming unhealthy and know when it's, know when it's unhealthy. Uh, Madeline just called us uh, the, other, the other night and said, hey, um, I got off of Facebook and, and uh, Instagram for a while. And I, went, I don't think she was on Facebook. We're sounding old talking about that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. She's probably not on Facebook. No. Uh, she said she had done away with it for a while. I said, good for you. You were crazy. <laughs> I, didn't say that. I didn't say that. But there's a, we want to make a clarification. We say community because we're in, we're in a church that encourages you to reach out to people. Right. And we say things like Jesus was the friend of sinners and drunkards and, and that he got accused of being a sinner and a drunkard. So I don't want you to think we're, we're kind of two-facing it here. But right, because when we talk about this community, we're talking about the people, um, we're not talking about the people that you're called to. So those are the people that you witness to, that, that you try to be an example in their lives. We're talking about the, the community that you're choosing that are reinforcing your calling. So not the people you're called to, but the people that are reinforcing the calling that you have on your life. Yeah, that's an that's a important distinction because what can happen in churches is we could say, well, my community has to be full of good people that are encouraging me. And so you just lock yourself into like six people in a church. And then, and you, then, the you, point. Yeah, then you become weird. Uh, <laughs> and that's how cults start and Jim Jones gets famous. Yeah. So, um, by the way, no relation, nobody worry. <laughs> so weird. We got rid we of the snakes. Like we got rid of the snakes months ago. Yeah. It was easy. So what happens is God is calling you to reach out. We just, we just did a whole month of that about making disciples. But we're not talking about the people that you're discipling. We're talking about the people that you're learning from. That the people, if the five people you hang around the most have the most influence over your life, then choose those five people wisely. 
make good decisions when you pick who you're going to hang around and be influenced by. And, and so if you're living the single life and you know that God has called you to live a celibate single life, that's scripture, then hang around people who agree with that. I'm going to say something that I didn't say in the, in the, first, uh, in the first service. When, when I was in college, before I met Beth, it was not good. So, um, uh, so I hung around a guy that for some reason didn't drink, but went, we went to all the parties. Now, he was more disciplined than me. And when I was hanging around him, I thought, man, I'll do that. Just go to the party and not drink. That fits in with my Christian culture that I was raised in. My parents wouldn't be happy that I was going to the party, but at least I'm not drinking. You know how long that lasted? <laughs> 30 seconds. Oh, it lasted about four weeks. Because I was hanging around everybody that was partying all the time. So I had one influence on me that was, that was not drinking and 50 that were. Who do you think won? Easy. It was an easy decision. Because all of a sudden, if that friend wasn't there, all the other ones were doing the same thing. If that friend wasn't there, all the other ones were, were partying as hard as they could party. So it was like, hey, I, I, I want to I fit in. I want to be, be, be drunk with everybody else. It looks fun. So, so we encourage, get around people that have the same godly goals in life and the same godly principles in their life because it is difficult to row against the current all the time. Amen? God never set you up to be the lone rock in the ocean or in the river by yourself with all the water running around it. He created you to be encouraged by other people. So pick those people wisely. The, the, the words of a fool will not help you when you need them. So pick who is influencing your life uh, pick them carefully. And you, you don't have to, listen, you don't have to have a formal like, hey, your life sucks so I can't hang around you anymore. Don't do that. Just start picking people that are going to encourage you the right way. So can I say this one other thing? And I, I don't mean this to be mean, but your current circumstance could be exacerbated by the people you're hanging out with. If you're single because of a circumstance and you do want to remarry, you do want to, you do want to have a spouse, then, then who you're hanging around is going to either, either increase that opportunity or decrease that opportunity. So if everyone you're hanging around is single and not concerned about getting married and not concerned about being celibate and only concerned about having a good time, then it's going to be very difficult for you to find a good spouse in that scenario. <laughs> just to tell you the era we lived in. Eddie Murphy, Saturday Night Live. Looking. Looking Penub. Does anybody in know? In all the wrong places. I knew my friend Laura would get Wookin Some of Penub. you don't get that, but some of you do. It's the old song, looking for love in all the wrong places. If you surround yourself with the right people, then you think right, and then you will in turn see right. Amen? I'm going to say this. I'm going to be very nice when I say it. God did not call you to be an evangelist in your marriage. He did not call you to marry somebody that is not following him and then save them after you get married. That is a definite thing in scripture. He, so surround yourself with godly people who would encourage you in the right way and encourage you with scripture. And then you can see clearly 
to choose someone. Amen? So, so sometimes the people we hang around can exa- actually exacerbate the situation we're in, even if we don't want to be in that. So what's, what's the next one? The next one is counsel. So a couple scriptures on that are Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs nineteen twenty. Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise. Psalm one forty one five. Let a let a righteous man strike me. That is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That is oil in my head. My head will not refuse it. So we have some rules uh, in, in life that, that we've kind of adhered to, and so I, I need you to understand that counsel is different from. From a community. Mm-hmm. Community is the people you hang around. Counsel is the person you invite into your life to tell you when you're doing wrong. To tell you things about yourself. And so you can have community with people and not let them counsel you. Amen? Right. You can hang around your friends a long time and not give them the space to speak into your life. So we've, we've upgraded the level. We've went from community to actually now inviting people into your life to say things. So... Here's a few rules that we have that we've had over the years. All right, so we don't take it finance. We do not take financial advice from people who can't manage money. We don't take relationship advice. Who knew? Right. We don't take relationship advice from people who can't manage a relationship, and we don't take career advice from people who can't manage a job. Yeah. Now that sounds really simple. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to close your eyes. And think about who you let you, who you let speak into your life. Right. Some of you went, oh man. What we do is we we get most of our advice from our peer groups. If you're single in the room, you're more likely to get marriage advice from someone else who's single. Because you're sitting around with single friends going, Man, I want to find the perfect man. And then your friend goes, there ain't no such thing as a perfect man. They're all dogs. Just forget it. They're single too. So we had a couple rules. If we're poor and we don't want to be poor anymore, we're not taking advice from? Poor people. (laughs) I just liberated a whole bunch of people. If we want to stay married, we're not going to take advice from people who can't stay married. If we want good careers, we're not going to take advice from people who can't hold down a job. Amen. So if you're single and you want to be married, don't take advice from single people. Something we, uh, we read last night too was just because everyone has an opinion doesn't mean you should listen. So. Yeah. So, when you, so, so counsel means you're on purpose inviting people into your life to say things to you that you wouldn't let other people say. This, listen, this is so important. This is important for everyone in the room, but for single people especially, you need to invite people into your life that can tell you things that you might not want to hear. So let me say this. I want to I give you something. Single people, don't be afraid of married people, and married people, get over being afraid of single people. You, married people get wigged out. Like, should we invite Billy to the party? Yes. She's going to be the single one. Just invite Billy to the party. we got to be so weird about it. Just invite him. Yeah, but it's all married people. And then everybody's going to look at him when he comes in. Here's, here's a rule that we make. Don't say no for someone else. 
Don't say no for someone else. So if you're having a get-together with friends and Billy is one of your friends, invite Billy. Just stop being weird about it. And, and, and if you're single in the room and you want a relationship, then start taking advice from people who have good relationships. Stop taking people, advice from people who can't stay in a relationship. Amen? So it's the beauty of the body of Christ coming together. So there's people at different stages of life, people with different life experiences. So there's married people, unmarried people. And what we can do is in community and in council, we can learn from each other. So you have to invite people in your life and let them say things that you might not like in the moment. Amen? So, so this is different, though, because talk about a mentor and so mentors aren't typically people that are just going to walk up to you and say, hey, I'd like to counsel you. You probably don't want to do that because they probably just want to tell you what to do. Um, if, you need to, if somebody walks up to you and says, hey, I'd like to mentor you, just, just say thanks but no thanks. Yeah. So For real. Yeah, so a mentor is somebody you need to seek out, somebody you need to study them a little bit, make sure that they have the values, what you're, what you're looking at, what your goal is. But um, then you need to ask them. Ask if they will mentor you. Spend time with them. Go to lunch. I know that's one of your favorite things to do. It is. How could you tell? That's not what I meant. Here's, here's something that has benefited me in my life. I have consistently sought out older men who are farther in law in life than me. And they haven't all been married. They haven't. Uh, there's a guy in my life right now who's 79 years old. That is not married. Uh, and I'm, but I'm still asking him advice because he's 79. He's lived 37 years longer than me, 36 years longer than me. So I'm sitting in front of these men asking them to tell me things that I don't know, asking them to speak into my life. Uh, and, and so I've, I've consistently went to older people farther along with kids older, with relationships that are longer and said, hey, what am I doing that you see that, is, that isn't working out? Like, that, that, how do I not end up like, like other people? How do I do this well? And so, so if you're single in the room and you don't, and, and that's not the circumstance you want to stay in, make sure you're inviting people into your life and, and letting them speak into your life. Take them to lunch. Pay for it. The important thing he just said is inviting them to speak into your life. So you're not going to get anything out of a mentor relationship unless you have a good posture about it. Yeah. So you need to posture yourself to just to be able to, to lean in and to listen to what they have to say. So if they say, well, you know, I really have seen this and I don't think you should be, and, and you get defensive and you don't listen to them, well, then that's the last time they're probably going to speak anything into your life. Um, you know, people want you to, to take their advice or listen to their advice, but so it's important that you have the right mindset before you take on that mentoring relationship. So it's a simple formula. Ask a question, shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. It works. Ask a question, shut your mouth. Because so many times we ask a question, then we give the answer to the person we just told we want them to give the answer to us. So just ask a question and then sit there and wait on them to give a response. Right. And then absorb what they're saying. Amen? Amen. And so, so we've got community is important. So if you're single in the room today, 
it's important who you're surrounding yourself with. If you're single and it's the calling of God on your life to stay single, you believe that God has called you to be a single individual, then it's important who is encouraging you. Because let me, let me say this. If you're single and it's what God's called you to, then you're going to have to battle all the married people trying to hook you up. Because that's what we do. So you have to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that understand the calling of God on your life. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? You have to surround yourself with people who understand the calling of God on your life and could support you that that's what God called you to do. But if you're single and it's a circumstantial singleness and you don't want to stay single, then, then surround yourself with good godly people who can support you in your decisions and then, and then invite people into your life to counsel you on those things. So, you know, if you have a hard time finding that actual person in the beginning, um, there's great podcasts. There's good books that you can read. So oh, yeah. look look at those sources as well. Um, do some research on it. Make sure it's good, solid information. But um, tell me about your what you heard about Mark Batterson. So we live in an age where you don't have to actually sit down in front of somebody to be counseled by them. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of technology. And so you can, like Beth said, you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to uh, books because... I know 50% of the men in here go, oh, he's going to talk about reading again. Um, so you can listen to audio books. You can, you can feed yourself. You can have people counsel you. And so uh, I heard the other day Mark Batterson said that on average it takes about two years of a person's life to, to, to write a book. So the way he counts it, he counts it in book years. So he says, if I read a book, I just got two years of experience. So if I read 10 books a year, I got 20 years experience. Amen? And so, so make sure, look, mm, how nice should I be? Look, sometimes we can exacerbate our own circumstances because we're lazy. In Jesus' name, we love you. But, but look, if, 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 if we're in a circumstance right now where we don't want to be, make sure it's not me. Make sure, make sure I'm doing due diligence to follow God's will for my life. And some of that is going to be educating yourself on what God's will is. Some of that's going to be educating yourself by reading and listening and inviting people into your life to critique it. Mm-hmm. And so these are, these are super important things. Remember married people, I didn't want you to check out because this applies to everybody right now. And so I shouldn't go down this road very far, but, but we're winging it in life, period. In all circumstances, whether you're single, whether you're married, whatever it is, the, the, the American culture is to wing it. I'm just going to do whatever comes naturally and then, and then figure out what the result's going to be and deal with it then. That's not the way God intended you to do things. He intended you to seek out his will and be proactive in your life. And so if there's an opportunity to read a book and get experience, you should read it. If there's an opportunity to listen to a podcast, you should listen there's an opportunity to invite somebody in to counsel, you should invite them in. That is the best way. The other two are, yeah. are good things, but that personal relationship, you just can't beat that. So the last one, probably the most important one. All right, the last one is calling. Oswald Chambers on the spiritual readiness of the call says, God did not direct his call to Isaiah. Isaiah overheard God saying, who will go for us? The call of God is not just a select few It's not for a select few, but for everyone. Whether I hear God's call or not depends on the condition of my ears, and exactly what I hear depends on my spiritual attitude. 
That's a really good quote. Why don't you read it again? Right. Just to make sure everybody gets it. God did not direct his call to Isaiah. Isaiah overheard God saying, who will go for us? The call of God is not just for a select few, but for everyone. Whether I hear God's call or not depends on the condition of my ears, and exactly what I hear depends on my spiritual attitude. That's good. So here's what I believe. I believe this is scriptural. If you are single today because of a circumstance in your life, there's, a, there's still a call of God in your life. Amen? If you're, if you're single here and you believe that is God's desire for your life, there's a call of God on your life. And what Oswald Chambers is saying is, is the condition of your hearing and, and your mentality decides whether you hear that from God or not. So the first two things we talked about, community and counsel, play into this last thing. So if you're trying to hear from God, yet the community that you're around does, is not worried about what God thinks, it's going to be more difficult to hear from if you're trying to hear from God and you're not getting good godly counsel, it's going to be difficult to understand what he's saying. And so the first two things we talked about, community and counsel, kind of shape how we hear the calling of God in our lives. Because, because this is the most important thing that you could focus on. And what I want you to know is this. The calling of God on your life is as an individual before a relationship. I'm going to say it again. The calling of God on your life is for an individual before a relationship. And, if, and, and you can go wrong by thinking the relationship is what's going to complete you. Do you want to tell them how I didn't complete you? <laughs> no. no, but it is important. I mean, the, the relationship with God is first in everything. Um, I think last service you even mentioned that, that, you know, you just seek first the kingdom of God and his, and it's, it's for every situation. If, if you're single, if you're married, um, that, that needs to be first and foremost. If you get that right, the other stuff, I don't want to say it's easy. It's still hard work, but it falls into place better. Yeah. So what I want you to understand is you're not less because you're single, right? You're just in a different circumstance. So the call of God on your life is not less because you're single, right? So just because you're in a community of mostly married people and in a church of mostly married people, it doesn't mean the call of God is any less on your life. So here's the important part. You don't go into a relationship with the idea that the, that the other person in the relationship is going to complete you. Mm -hmm. You should be complete before you're in the relationship. Amen? So if you're single out there and you want to be married, be a whole person before you get married. Because if you have good community around you, if you have good counsel into your life, and you understand God's calling in your life, you will see clearly now. I can see clearly now. Rain is gone. So you can see clearly now, and you will be able to pick out a spouse. It is not good to have fogged up glasses when you're looking to get in a relationship. Beer goggles. Do not work for relationships. You should take them off. You should take them off. So wouldn't it be great if you were single and you wanted to be in a relationship to have a community of people around you that supported you and then counsel in your life that would say, hey, I'm, I'm looking out for you because God has a calling on your life that supersedes this relationship. So we bring callings 
to the relationship. We don't get a calling because we're in a relationship. Because God's dealing with you as an individual. He doesn't wait until you get married to save you. He doesn't wait until you get married to call you. He calls you specifically. It says he knew you before you were formed. And so he knew you as an individual. And so if you, if you then get into a relationship, it, your calling doesn't go away. It's just supported in the relationship. Amen? So that's why it's so important to have this community and counsel because at the end, that's what's going to support your calling. That's what's going to help you understand your calling. And there's nothing worse than getting into a relationship and the other spouse not understanding the call of God in your life. You know, a quote that we heard this Shauna Shute said, having an intimate relationship with God means realizing that abundant life will never be found in another person. Yeah. Now, let me say this. I love being married. There are a lot of benefits to being married. Somebody say amen. But I would follow God if I was not married. Because the call of God does not change on my life. By the circumstance that I'm in. I'm not a preacher because I'm married. I'm a preacher because I was called to be a preacher. It's nice being married and being a preacher. But if my circumstance were to change, and the only way that happens is one of us. <laughs> Just making sure we didn't have any plan B, and we don't have one now. Nope. So, um, and I'm not hiring a hitman. <laughs> so, so everything that you're doing, you say, man, I'm trying to figure out what God wants me to do. Well, do you have people around you that are helping you figure out what God wants you to do? I'm trying to figure out who to marry. Do you have people around you that are going to give you good godly counsel? And can I say this? Listen, if you've got good godly counsel in your life and you start dating someone and they go, mm, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. You know how many people I've sat in front of and said, did you see the red flag? Yes, I saw the red flag. Did somebody say something new about it? Yes, they said something about it. What did you do? I married them anyway. Right. Don't do that. I married them anyway. If you're single in the room, surround yourself with godly people that will push you to your calling. Get counsel that will push you to your calling. And then be confident of the calling of God on your life. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing more attractive than a confident woman. All the guys went, well, I don't know about that. That could pose problems. I don't think there's any more th anything more attractive than a woman or a man that knows what God wants them to do. Hey, where are we going? I know exactly where we're going. I know exactly. I know what God called me to Okay, yeah, let's do it together. And, and the beauty of it is, is that, is that God is faithful in those circumstances to, to lead you to the right people. Amen? Amen. And so whether you're single because of a circumstance or single because it is God's plan for your life, let's do these three things. Let's get in a good community. Let's pick the people wisely that we're around all the time. Let's get good godly counsel pulled into our lives. And let's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then God promises he'll add all that other stuff to us. Amen? Amen. So would you stand this morning? We're going to wrap it up. We want to pray a blessing over you. If you are, um, if you're single in the room, just raise your hand so we can all identify you. No, that's a joke. <laughs> We'll hook you up. That's a joke. 
But look, we want you to understand that while this is a church predominantly comprised of married couples, that you are an important part of the church moving forward. If you, if you find yourself uh, being single today or it's a call of God in your life, you are just as important as every married couple in the room. And God has a plan for your life and a calling on it. And my prayer is that you would seek that out and find it. Amen. And you would follow with all of your life and you'd be a complete human being in him with peace in your life and joy in your life. And then, uh, and then just follow God's plan. And we're here to support you and help you do that. Amen. So let's pray. Do you want to pray? Sure. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. We thank you for the community that you've brought to us through Hope Community Church. I pray that um, you just guide us and direct us, help us to find the counsel that we all need, the godly counsel and wisdom, and then help us to just strengthen our calling. Um, Help us to know what that is, Lord, and support one another in it. We just ask that you bless everyone and give us an awesome week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, listen, encourage somebody on the way out. You can be generous as you leave. And we'll see you back here next week. Make sure you bring somebody.